Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Oh, I'd give a rat's ass about Twitter. <laughs> What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Tuesday Takes on Takes edition of the show. Always a good time. This is a fun episode because we didn't have to solicit your takes. You guys did the work. You sent them in on the Twitter machine throughout the days leading up to our recording and thank you for that. Excited to get into it with Kyle. As always, welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. Happy Takes on Takes Tuesday, Top Tuesday, I believe we called it. And yes. uh, Joe, I got to be honest with you. Uh, we had a revelation today, and I don't know how many more of these shows we're going to be able to do together because there might the be some collateral near. damage yeah, at the beginning the of December. Very near. So to fill the people in at home, I'm flying to Charlotte on uh, December or November 30th to watch the ACC championship game with Joe. And I'm staying down in Charlotte all weekend, flying back on Monday. And then Joe said, oh, you're going to watch a Bills game with me. Who did the... Oh, wait. Oh, God. Did the Dolphins play the Bills? And we pulled up the schedule, and sure enough, the Dolphins play the Bills on December 2nd at 1 p.m. in Miami, Florida, and Joe and I are going to be in the same place at the same time, and that's probably not going to work out too well. So you have next week to – wait, is today Draft Dudes 300? <gasps> it is, is Draft Dudes 300. <laughs> Monumental show. Revelations. Good catch, Joe. Revelations left and right, and it's an important that we got to this feat because – uh, I'm not a math guy, but we're going to have th- what we said th- two more shows this week. So that's 302, five next yeah. week, 307. That'll be it. 307. Yeah, um, 307, and that's it. So we got to find a special meaning behind the number 307. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is going to be something, Kyle. Um, you know, Josh Allen versus Ryan Tannehill. Can't, can't wait to take I it in. Even, with you. I don't even know if Tannehill's going to be back, man. Well, I just uh, can't wait. I saw the spread came out for Dolphins Colts. And the Colts are favored by 10. And I'd probably take the Colts with the way Indianapolis is playing right now. They're yeah, beating the crap out of people up front. They're in they're in the takes that we have coming up. So we'll have Colts takes coming here very shortly. Real quick before we start. Uh, yeah. Luck hasn't been sacked in like 240 pass attempts or something like that. Mm-hmm. Did you see what the record was? I have no idea what today? the record is. No, I have no okay. idea. So the record was set by the 19... 19- 88-1989 Miami Dolphins with Dan Marino. Okay. How many pass attempts do you think Dan Marino had in dropbacks before he was sacked? This was the previous record? This is the all-time record. Oh, so so what luck is at right now is not the record. Correct. He's, he okay. has not been sacked in 214 consecutive dropbacks. Okay. I would say 250. Is the all-time record? Yeah. 759. No, 
No. <laughs> that's one of the most unbelievable records in sports, Kyle. That, why do I why is that 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 will never be broken? That's on that's the most underreported amazing feat in the history of sports. 759 pass attempts without a sack. No, that's that's unbelievable. Spread over two seasons. That's unbelievable. There's no typos. You're sure this is right? Yeah. Wow. That's right. Whatever the great statistics and streaks are in the history of sports, that's right there. That it's is right there. Right with, Cal, there. with Cal Ripken's yes. 2,000 whatever games played, right? No question. No question. Je- Joe Thomas, 10,000 snaps. Dan Marino got not getting sacked for 700 plus. That's unbelievable. I thought I thought surely luck was closing in on the record. I was surprised 214 wasn't the record. You're telling me this thing's over 700? Now, I just picked this up from uh, Pro Football Talk on November 12th. They discussed this, remembering Dan Marino's incredible streak of 759 passes without a sack. Who got the sack? Was it Bruce Smith? I bet you Bruce Smith got the, the oh, sack to snap. We'll, he we'll beat Richmond Webb out. around the edge. I guarantee it. I better. I hope not. Because Dan, be Bruce Smith. That would be a real big buzzkill on the. On, <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Wait. It was against Buffalo. And? What year? I don't know. I'd, 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 it was 1989, uh, October 29th, okay. 1989. Strong chance that was, uh, that was Bruce. Joe, we have takes to get into. I know. This is getting off the rails, but I'm Kyle, you can't drop something like that on me. That was unbelievable. I mean, that, I cannot believe I didn't know that. But anyways, yeah, I mean, like you said, it, takes it's an things. astronomical, <laughs> you know, it's just like, how is that possible? All right. You want the first one? I do want the first one, please. All right. Zach Pratt at Mez Chip. He says, in three years, Jalen Hurd the former Tennessee Vols running back, now Baylor wide receiver, will be seen as a top three receiver from this class. Kyle, what do we think? That's fake news. Yeah. Now, I mean, heard going to Baylor was a great move because the way they run out there with the spacing and there's a ton of space to work. And, you know, he's a big guy, so he gets to beat guys up in the secondary. But, you know, this class has like, Nikhil Harry, and Calvin Harmon, Hollywood Brown, who I'm not even particularly high on, but I think of the guys that could come into the NFL and, and have an explosive impact like we're seeing Tyreek Hill as he's ripping the L.A. Rams to shreds tonight as we're recording this podcast. So I think top three is a little strong. If you give me top ten, I might think about it, but top three is a little strong for me. Yeah, it's a good class. Check out Brad Kelly just did a, a piece on the Draft Network for the like the ultimate top ten in this class. If he's not on that list, I don't trust him. Valentine's Day is just around the corner, and it's only fitting that this important interruption is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Have you thought about what you're getting your loved one this year? Or maybe you want to give the gift of sweet-smelling grundle bliss to your partner. I'm talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Whether you're the only one who gets to see what's going on down there or you're one of many, do you, your partner, and everyone else a favor and introduce yourself to this revolutionary company. Manscaped just launched their brand new Perfect Package. Inside the Manscaped Perfect Package, you'll find their Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, which features skin-safe technology and will prevent you or your man from cutting his nuts. Speaking of smelling nice, let's be real. 
no one wants to carry around that locker room smell with them. That's why I am thankful for the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. These products keep your crotchal region from sweating, smelling, and sticking. The perfect package will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxer briefs that'll keep that junk feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade those overused pair of boxers to this new new. Give the gift that will make your Valentine's Day spicy. Go to manscaped.com and use the promo code locked on to get 20% off and free shipping. Ladies, this is the perfect gift for you and your man. And men, your partner will thank you. Trust me, he will thank you. And guess who else will thank you? Your balls will thank you. 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code locked on at manscaped.com. Yeah, he's our uh, our specialist, right? Like we got yeah. uh, kicking. There's kicking specialist, return specialist. Brad Kelly is our wide receiver scout specialist. The dude knows his stuff big time. Take from Ryan Norwood, R Norwood six, Florida Atlantic running back Devin Motor Singletary will lead all rookies in rushing yards and touchdowns if he comes out this year. It's funny. I did my uh, my mock draft on Monday. I did two rounds, and I found a spot for one running back, uh, sixty four overall, Damian Harris, to the Saints. And so it was just really kind of a difficult thing to do to to slot them. Um, I don't I don't think this will be true. Um, I don't I'm not sure that Singletary is a top ten back in this class. Uh, so for me to to believe that as a rookie. He's going to lead all of the backs in, in yards and, and touchdowns. That seems rich to me. But with with running backs, with receivers, with, I don't know, maybe virtually every position, the scenario matters so, so, so much, right? Like if Devin Singletary goes to a situation and and he's used in a certain type of way, could it happen? Yes. Look at Philip Lindsay, right? Just right. that type of stuff happens. So I'm not saying it's impossible, but I – I'm not, I mean, it's not something I'm pounding the table for or, or think is realistic at this point. Uh, this is one that I have for you lined up, Kyle. I wanted to give this one to you for sure. This comes from the skill at the skill. Uh, I'll take Jonathan Taylor, Wisconsin running back, as my RB1 mm. over Najee Harris, that's a running back from Alabama, AJ Dillon, Boston College, et cetera, in the 2020 draft. Good draft class coming up for running backs is Jonathan Taylor, the early RB1. John Ledyard's going to hate me for this, but right now I would probably say yes. Because he's he's very, very mobile for a guy of his size. And he is a physical runner. Uh, I think he's a little bit more compact, so he runs with a little bit more leverage than like a Dylan, specifically. Uh, how do you say the Clemson kid's name? That's the one I was getting. Travis Etienne. That's the, I mean, that'd be the one. That, Etienne. Yeah. That's, I mean, he's the one that I'm like... it. I keep leaning back towards ETM, but I know Taylor pretty intimately watching the Big Ten so much this year, and he's really good. So for that reason, just kind of sticking with my gut, I would probably still favor Taylor, but ETN's like right there for me. What about Swift, Georgia? Yeah, he's he's good too. Um, We can't forget about what's the Florida State kid that's been buried. Cam Akers, yeah. Cam Akers was a big-time five-star recruit. He probably won't stay because they're terrible. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, he had a great game last week. Man, Travis Etienne, he's just – he's like stupid physical, big, and stupid fast. Like his acceleration is just – it doesn't make sense to me. So so you agree and I disagree even though I gave you the take and I chimed in. Right. 
All right, we got a take from Mark Jarvis. What's on oh, Draft NFL? Hey, Joe, on, he called you out. Called you out. Yeah. I'm Underselling App State running back Jalen Moore's power. He looks strong with a K versus Penn State. Mark, you are hung up on my comments about Moore's power. He's 5'11", 190, who has great burst and acceleration. He's not a power guy. It doesn't matter if he has bad, bad power. It didn't really factor into my perception of him as a player. The thing about Jalen Moore, this App State running back, is the acceleration's nice, but he has awful receiving ability, his bricks for hands, but more importantly, his vision is, is among the worst of any running back that I've scouted in in my time looking at football players. So, look, Jalen Moore, watch the tape. I know, I know you have Mark, and I know a lot of people are interested in this player, but you want to see a guy that just has no clue what to do in terms of seeing the field. I mean, his eyes are beyond the first level trying to see into the second level, and he's like ignoring holes and running into people and cutting back into flow. I just, I think he's, he just, there's nothing natural about the way that he runs a football, and, and so his power. Uh, is, is quite honestly the least of my concerns uh, given his skill set and how he would win if he were to find success in the NFL. All right, Kyle. Um, let's go back to another Kyle here. We have Kyle Taylor. The man sent in several takes this week. I was going to say, this there. dude has some <laughs> takes this week. I like it. He's, we said, hey, open up the floor for you to bring stuff to the table, and Kyle Taylor did that. He brought some and – Brought seconds I'm, and thirds. He, love it. I love <laughs> it. Uh, I'm giving you this one about Kyler Murray. He says, uh, Kyler Murray would be considered a first-round quarterback prospect if he decided to declare for the NFL draft. Nah, chill, fam. Yeah. Kyler's got a great arm, very talented arm. Uh, he's got dangerous legs. But he's 5'10", like 180, like 190. <laughs> he's small. He's so small that it's just there's no legitimate way an NFL team would be lining up to draft him. And that's not even to say that he's not talented because he is talented. He's very clearly talented. But at that stature, there's a 0% chance an NFL team is going to be lining up to draft him in the first round. That's how I feel about it. Agreed. All right, Joe. We talked a little bit, before we get into any more takes, we talked a little bit about how you and I are going to be going to the ACC championship game, right? Mm-hmm. We're be sitting outside. It's December in Charlotte. might be a little chilly. But we didn't talk about how this weekend, on Friday night, we're going to be in Morgantown, West Virginia, watching Kyler Murray and the Oklahoma Sooners take on the West Virginia Mountaineers for a spot in the Big 12 championship game. It's probably going to be a little cold, don't you think? Yeah, I'm nervous about it. All right, well, I got good news for you. We have one of our sponsors for today's show is Action Heat. Action Heat makes the world's best battery-heated clothing. So for, you know, Southern Bells like yourself, Joe, heat on demand at the touch of a button. So we're sitting outside. All you got to do is push a button, and suddenly you're no longer in the frigid winds of the wintry north. Action Heat Clothing is engineered to safely and efficiently deliver heat via heating panels similar to a heated car seat. They can reach temperatures of up to 135 degrees if you're trying to get well done and are powered by rechargeable 5-volt lithium-ion batteries that last up to 12 hours. That'll last you two football games, Joe. This is a perfect gift for any friend or family member on your holiday gift list. It's great for anyone who works outdoors hunters, skiers, and snowboarders, anybody that loves the outdoors and hates being cold. 
Action Heat is available in men's and women's and has great new styles and models just released for this winter season. So you can make winter activities more enjoyable with a blast of warmth. Action Heat is the perfect solution to keep you toasty and warm even in the frigid winter months. Here is what you need to do to get in on some of this action for the holidays or for yourself. We've got a special deal for our listeners to save 20% off your entire order. Just go to actionheat.com slash locked on to check out everything Action Heat has to offer. That's actionheat.com slash locked on or use the coupon code locked on to at checkout to save 20%. Stay toasty warm while you enjoy all of your outdoor activities this winter with Action Heat. We would like to thank them for sponsoring this episode of the Draft Dudes. We'll be right back after this brief message to get into some more takes on takes. This is NFL Under Review, local experts on the biggest NFL stories. The NFL Honors Award Show was last week and one surprise when it came to Defensive Player of the Year. This is Bear Motter with your Los Angeles Rams update from Lockdown Rams. Aaron Donald would have been the first player in NFL history to win the award three straight years in a row, but it wasn't the case that the NFL Honors that award this year went to Stephon Gilmore. And don't get me wrong, Stephon Gilmore had a great season. Six interceptions, 18 pass deflected, two touchdowns. He had 53 total tackles. Stephon Gilmore won the award with 21 votes. Chandler Jones came in second with 14. TJ Watt with 10. Although Donald says this doesn't bother him, I see him putting this chip on his shoulder, working even harder, and coming back stronger in 2020, which is a scary thing for the rest of the NFL. For more NFL news, subscribe to the Locked On NFL Podcast only on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Joe, I am not going to give you a Kyle Taylor take right now. Okay. He's got a couple lined up. I don't want to go right down the list. It's boring. Got a take from Jared. Got a take from Jared Baseball 9. Teams are too lazy to develop a solid backup quarterback and or the system is broken because guys like Gabbert keep getting jobs and see action. Hashtag takes on takes. Hashtag fittingly after that action heat read freshly baked hot take it's interesting next time i speak to an nfl quarterback i'm gonna ask him about this because i think there's a lot you can you can learn maybe by by learning more about how this really plays out um i think it comes down to i don't know if it's the teams are lazy to develop backup quarterbacks i think that there's a lack there's a shortage of of people uh capable of playing quarterback in the nfl and uh uh that's the problem. You know, I just look at the guys that these teams are starting. Like, like, like he mentioned there, Brian Gabbert, he gets playing time. Brock Osweiler is getting playing time. Nathan Peterman was the preferred starter twice. Like we have a, we have a, a shortage of qualified individuals to play quarterback in the NFL at, at a level that, you know, we think is going to lead to competitive offensive results. So I'm not sure that this is a issue of teams not investing I think it's an issue of we need people that can play quarterback. What do you think? I want your take on this. This is interesting. Uh, I think it's just easier, right? And that's the longer you're around the league, the more you understand, like, it's a results-based product, but it's a connections-based opportunities business. Yeah. So once you're in and people know you, there's so much incestual 
exchanging of jobs and positions and assistant coaches and people in front office jobs. It's just, there's a familiarity factor and you could cling to one year that you won with someone like a life preserver. Right. And you know, Oh, you know, back in 2013, we won with that guy on the roster and he was great. There's no reason why we can't do that again. And well, maybe he just caught lightning in a bottle. Like how's Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Who has seven turnovers in two and a half games in his last two and a half games on his seventh NFL team in 14 years and continues to end up getting starting opportunities. People keep continuing to give him those opportunities because he does good in a very small sample size. And then we're surprised when it falls apart. Yeah. I hear it. It's interesting. Yeah. All right. Uh, We got three left. Ooh, I'm giving you this one from JB underscore 74 Joe bear. He says, Dan Quinn ain't it. Injuries caught the team this year, but the team has underachieved under his tenure. He's made a ton of questionable calls and has been bailed out by the offense. Well, I would say the struggles from Atlanta this year are centered around the injuries. And I just think it's nice that they've acknowledged that they've got an elite, talented Hall of Fame football player in Julio Jones that they've decided they want to give the football to and try and score some touchdowns with because that's the point of playing football is scoring touchdowns. So as far as Quinn, I I think anytime you have a guy who's been the head coach for an extended period of time, right? It's like, I don't want to say the message gets watered down, but like you have to have a really strong structure in your building to not have that message eventually get watered down because familiarity breeds content. And once you've got a coach and a core group of guys and they've been together five or six years and they have some success and they have some ups and downs, but they have some success. Everybody's coming into this year and it's like, okay, like nobody's jobs up on the line. We won 12 games last year. We could probably do the same thing and just do the same thing we did last year. And it's a constantly evolving battle, I think. So I think there's some dynamics there that I think the Falcons need to shake things up a little bit regardless of the injuries, but I don't necessarily know if Dan Quinn's going to be what you need to cut loose. Do you have any takes there? No, you know what? I think you said a lot of good things there. I I think sometimes we get so curious about the alternatives that we forget what we have a lot of times. Right, right. And you have a co- you have a coach here that's has been very successful. And I, this season's a wash. I don't even care about it. Too many guys on IR to compete. You have a guy that's been very competitive, taking you on playoff runs. You've been to the Super Bowl. You've been up 28 to three in the Super Bowl. And to have a guy that you know can lead you there, that can take you there. So while you mentioned what you said about the message, the familiarity, this message has gotten you to the pinnacle, to the, the highest level you can get. And so I'm not going to be quick to, to turn away from that for a chance at some unknown and what comes with shifting coaches, all the continuity that's lost, the the personnel turnover, everything has to be changed over, and it's a big, big, big deal. So I, I, I don't think that Dan Quinn's anywhere near the problem in Atlanta. They're just right. It's, it's kind of like what uh, what's going on in Baltimore, right? Oh, yeah. With Harbaugh, and they're, they're talking yeah. about how they're going to part ways with Harbaugh. Like, I could tell you right now, a whole bunch of teams would be lining up to sign John Harbaugh <laughs> as their head coach. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. All right. Got a take from David Bowling. We're getting close to the end of the wire here, Joe. We got to wrap up. Indy is a sneaky bet to be a wild card team. Takes on takes. 
Yeah, absolutely. I know they're the number nine seed right now, but the AFC playoff picture is very interesting. There's five teams with a seven and three or better record. And then you have the Ravens, Bengals, Dolphins, Colts, and Titans all at five and five. You just got to be the best of those teams. Don't tell me the Colts, the way they're playing, can't be that team with Andrew Luck, Frank Reich, and his leadership over the Ravens, Bengals, Dolphins, Titans. Yeah, definitely sneaky and I would be unsurprised if they were uh, to qualify for the playoffs this year. Last one, Kyle, is from Kyle Taylor. His other take today, he says the Saints will make the playoffs next year with a different quarterback than Drew Brees. You watched Drew Brees play football yesterday, or on uh, Sunday? Yeah, he's playing the best football in the NFL. Holy quarterback. cow. Yeah. I mean, that was as close to a flawless game as you could really get based on where he put some of those throws. That one touchdown that he fit between two defenders, um, post route to the bottom side of the field, uh, almost got his receiver's head taken off, but they threw a flag on it anyway, and he still caught the ball and still scored a touchdown. I think it was right before the half was like one of the prettiest balls I've seen all year as far as just picture-esque dart putting that ball exactly where it needs to be. I don't think Breeze can walk away with him playing at this high of a level with another year on his contract. Yeah, If he was in the last year's contract, maybe. If they won the Super Bowl, maybe. But this guy signed up to go and, and play next year. So I don't think with the level that he's playing at, with how good this team is, and him having another year on his contract, I think all of those things add up. I think you get one more year at Jabriz after that. Agreed. And you guys get two more episodes of the Draft Dudes this week. So you can get excited about that. In honor of Thanksgiving, Joe and I are going to be talking about what each of the 32 teams in the NFL should be thankful for. Over the next two episodes, we're doing AFC one day, NFC the next. We'll keep them brisk for you guys. We know it's a holiday week. It's kind of weird. Thank goodness. I always love when holidays fall right in the middle of the week. It's to shake up the work week a little bit, right? Familiarity breeds content. We just talked about it. Guess what? You guys have a three-day week this week. It's great news. So we'll be back with some goodness here on the Draft Dudes podcast. Uh, Joe, going to put you on the spot. We do an AFC or NFC first? AFC. AFC. We'll do AFC tomorrow, and then we'll do on Thanksgiving, we'll do NFC because it's fitting. That's where the Super Bowl championship is going to come come to again this year. No doubt in my mind, NFC's won the Super Bowl this year. Right. Too many good teams. So we'll leave you with that. Make sure you hit subscribe, come back, and listen to us the rest of the week. And as we go into bowl season and draft season, Kyle Krabs with Joe Marino. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Draft Dudes Podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.